The daily banter beyond the walls of the eight-by-four prison cell had already begun. It was all part of the morning routine between Renninger's insane guests and the correctional officers, who administered their medicine. Screams of resistance preceded the heavy thuds of contact between a baton and a body. It was a symphony that would last for the next few hours. And while the violence of the medical staff traversed the halls of one of New York's finest federal prisons, inmate 0946 in cell number 283 would be escorted past the crazies and into a small room where the next year of his life would be decided. Dennis Smith lay on his side on his cot. Dressed in his bright orange jumpsuit, his shoes on his feet. He always slept in his shoes. It was a habit he picked up when he was a kid. It was the fastest way to escape a beating from his father, who would come home in the middle of the night drunk and looking for someone to wail on. It was either him or his mother. And Dennis wasn't taking a beating for that sour-faced bitch and it was a habit that had turned useful even into his adult years. It was rare he was caught with his pants down. Ever since that first car he boosted when he was sixteen, Dennis had lived a life of violence. It was a path that eventually led him here, tucked away in the far northern wilderness in the middle of BFE New York, kept under lock and key. Lock and key was just an expression, of course. Renninger was a state-of-the-art facility, run by sophisticated magnetized locks and security software. It was all digital, and completely foolproof, so long as the pistol-toting fat-asses that ran this place were at the helm of the computers in the control room. When the screams beyond his cell ended, and the crazies had been sedated for yet another day, Dennis opened his eyes. They were a rich, dark brown, so dark that they almost blended into the black of his pupils. He frowned, the thin eyebrows accentuating his expression as he wiped his hand down his face and through the light brown beard. His joints groaned in pain as he stretched on the cot, then grimaced. Piece of shit. He propped himself up with his arms and examined the tiny living quarters where he had spent the last eighteen years of his life. He circled that thought for a moment. Eighteen years. Time passed differently in prison. It was slower, painstakingly slower. The first few years were the worst. But eventually, time ceased to matter. Days bled into years, and years bled into decades, and the only thing that mattered was the survival of routine, until one of two things happened. Parole or death. Dennis, like every other resident in Renninger, was a lifer. There wasn't a convict inside that didn't have multiple murder or rape charges. Dennis was tagged on six homicides, two of them cops. And if there was one thing the judicial system didn't like, it was cop killers. 
prison guards weren't fond of them either. For the first three years of Dennis's life sentence, the guards beat him within an inch of his life. Then, once he was healed, the beating was repeated. And so began his life cycle on the inside. But out of all the beatings and rapes and the struggle to maintain his sanity within his concrete coffin, it was today that he hated most. It had come every year for the past thirteen years. It was the day that hope was flaunted in front of him and then snatched away. It was parole hearing day. The springs of the cot groaned from Dennis's weight as he rolled over, resting his head on the flat pillow that was more cardboard than cushion, and faced the wall. 